Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's great to have you listening to The Journey Begins here on ACNZ. Our five-part series with the Vantage Blacksticks men as they build up to the FIH Hockey Men's World Cup 2023. Today we catch up with Sam Lane who dealt with a family tragedy and multiple knee injuries on his way back to the top. Enjoy the listen. Okay, well, I'm going to start off with a quote. Sam Lane, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Black, the Black Jersey provided you with opportunities and hope, but the journey hasn't been easy. So can you tell us a little bit about the journey and getting into the Black Sticks environment? Oh, wow, straight into it. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, the Black Sticks it provided me, yeah, with, with hope and opportunity. And, yeah, the journey hasn't been easy because... Um, I think with with every athlete, there's always some sort of bump in the road, and um, I think knowing that there's always another chance coming or available to me has always pushed me on to strive to do better. I think um, I dealt with a a serious knee injury that kind of kept me away from uh, Commonwealth Games and World Cup in 2018, and um, yeah, also dealt with my mother passing away as well. So there was a long a long time of um, uncertainty and. A very unsettling time um, and so yeah in the end I think um, I think you might have found that quote from like my 50th or something like that but um, yeah it, it always provided me with something to aim for and um, alongside that was just actually just being back with the group of guys that I'm with and um, you know there's always a reason why I wanted to come back so yeah it hasn't been easy but then um, you realise why you're doing it and you come back and it's um, yeah it's all worth it. It's an amazing journey um, and we're going to delve into it deeper. But thank you so much for being so open and wanting to share with us. Um, we're going to go back to the very beginning uh, where you grew up in Tamoka uh, in Canterbury. It's a rugby heartland down there. We know that. Tell us what, what it was like for you growing up. Yeah, so I kind of grew up everywhere. I was yeah originally born in Christchurch but moved to Ashburton quick um, in an area called Wakanui and a uh, very hockey-loving um, part of uh, the region. Um, and then we quickly moved back uh, down south to South Canterbury. Um, I guess long story short is um, I moved to yeah Geraldine. We had uh, yeah someone who was really keen to you know delve into hockey. I the great thing about South Canterbury was hockey was played on a Monday or a Friday night, so you were able to do rugby and hockey, or just um, being able to do both. Um, I moved to Waihee School and that uh, was a hockey-loving um, school and I think even the last five years, 99% of players, uh, people who attend play hockey. Um, but with that, you know, you only do it because you've got passionate people around you supporting you. So, yeah, and, and my sisters played a lot as well. So whenever they would um, be playing um, on the weekend because they are three and a half and five years older, I'd always go down and just smack balls in the practice area. So... Yeah, that's kind of how I grew up and a lot of those skills are how I still played the game today. So you were the annoying brother that uh, would tag along to training with your sisters? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I was always there ready if they needed a spare player and, and during the week. I always put, um, sometimes, or accidentally put a hockey stick through a glass window <laughs> or through the TV or 
just something that I had no explanation for, really. But yeah. Tell us about your earliest <clears throat> hockey memories because I read that you actually started when you were three. Yeah. It's very early. Very, very early. Um, yeah, I started when I was three at Wakanui and there's photos of me playing and a big blonde bowl, uh, bowl cut, um, you know, sticks that being cut up. Um, so, yeah, really early. But as I said, it was kind of from Wakanui as a pretty hockey-loving um, area. So... Yeah, did that, but then I think I had a few years off and tried to delve into the rugby scene, but it wasn't, uh, I absolutely, you know, I was obsessed with the rugby, but um, probably playing it, I probably got more enjoyment out of playing hockey. What was it about hockey that you loved? Um, I think uh, I think just the the team sport. I mean, I played a lot of tennis, uh, which, um, yeah, which has helped me a lot with my hockey, but I think when I had those two going at the same time, um, the whole team mentality really outweighed the the individual sport of it. Um, yeah, I think um, hockey, the skill level is is really high, um, and I think yeah, there's there's so much, so many variables in rugby when you're younger um, that that I decided I probably want to do hockey, and I saw opportunities in hockey, so I decided to. Uh, kind of keep pursuing with that. Tell us a little bit more about uh, when the opportunity came then to actually join the Black Sticks environment. Um, when you t- when you were told that you're actually going to, to take the field and to make your debut for New Zealand, what was that like? Yeah, it was it was pretty um, pretty unbelievable really. I think firstly for me it was, um, I was at, I initially was in the halls and then I moved out and um, I told the people that I was with um, that, you know, if I get a call this week, it's good news. Um, but I found out I was going on a juniors tour. Um, and so if you made that tour, then you weren't really going to be playing in the in the Trans-Tasman series then. Um, and then I got a call, but I thought it was the f- all the way, mate, it's just pranking me, but ended up being Colin Batch's head coach. So <laughs> I quickly returned his call um, and found out, yeah, that I was playing and I was I was on my own. So I was like, couldn't even move for a, for a good while. Um, for a couple of hours and then um yeah called mum called dad um told them what, what's happening and to book the flights but I was already moving up to Auckland um and then yeah um yeah we played Australia in November 2016 so it was 18 or 19 and yeah pretty unbelievable experience really. What was it like going into that environment for the first time were there players there that you'd grown up watching and looked up to and, and who was there did you have your family? Yeah, so I had, um, well, we had like seven or eight debutants in that series. Um, and so, I well, through my secondary school career, I had Dave Bryden and Dom Newman also debuting. So it was really cool. Um, but yeah, family, all my all my family came up and um, came watch. Um, you know, they've been a big part of where I am today. So it was really cool having them there. But I think I probably played one of my worst games ever. Tried to trap everything with one hand and do things a little bit different. Um, but yeah, we also had Nick Haig was our captain for that series. And he kind of helped me along for the rest of the two games, which was um, yeah really comforting and yeah got the best out of me. It's probably no better way to start than a series against Australia, of course our great rival when it comes to sport. What do you remember about that series after you get the nerves out of the way? Yeah, I think oh for me, I don't really remember too much of my debut. It was just yeah a few mistraps and a few just uh, errors that I wouldn't usually make. Um, from there, I just tried to slow it down. Um, just talked to a few of the older guys who were just really welcoming, um, like Stephen Janice, I was rooming with him, um, and yeah, Nick Haig and George Enison was in goal as well, so I always had yeah, a bit of um, comfort around me, but um, from there, yeah, I just started to find my feet a little bit and realised um, you know, my strengths and, and how they can be brought into the last two matches. 
there was an unbelievable result in that series, right? Yeah. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about that? Because <laughs> you're playing it down, but it was like history making, right? Yeah. So I think it was, yeah, it was our first first win versus Australia on home soil for forty or fifty years. Um, and I was lucky enough to bring up my first goal with about ten to go in the last match to to seal it up. Um, and it was kind of just kind of a goal that um, I probably would score in club and regional level. So yeah, it was really really special. Um, yeah, it was really both teams were quite uh, new, um, I'd say. But yeah, just to even get a win against Australia, not many people have done in their careers. So yeah, it was very very special. You talk about career highs and uh, that was probably a career high for you but with the highs in sport always comes the lows as well and you mentioned the injuries, uh, two surgeries in the space of 10 months. Um, tell us what actually happened to your knee and, and what the process was like in that rehab. Yeah, so I had a, in my left knee I had um, a piece of, um, just a piece of bone that came off behind the patella and it was quite big, quite significant but I was literally just about to run for a ball. Um, and um, I still ran for the ball, but I was hobbling a lot, um, and I just felt a massive shock throughout my whole body, um, and it was just a really crazy experience. Um, my biggest fear was always doing my ACL or doing something yeah. that happens so prevalent these days, um, but I just knew it wasn't that, and it was really strange, But and I tried to play the next few days, and but I just couldn't even bend my knees, so it was pretty useless. Um, then going back, doing all the scans, uh, figured out what was actually going on, um, and the surgeon ended up screwing the bone back in because just to, for longevity purposes. Um, and you know, I did everything right to make sure I was going to be available for the Commonwealth Games um, or be up for selection. And yeah, by January, I wasn't I wasn't healed, so I had to take things back. And that's probably the hardest part is having to slow down again, re- recognize that things aren't working well, um, and I'd kind of go to physio all the time. And then probably two months later, we were doing the same sort of stuff, doing the measurements, and I just kind of said to the physio that oh, I come in here every day expecting the worst, and that's when we like, all right, we need more scans. And then um, ended up going under the knife while the boys were in Gold Coast for the Commonwealth Games, and um, got uh, took the took the bone out and um, took the screws out, and then put a um, glued it back in, and haven't had any problems since. But yeah, it was about twelve months between test matches, but it still takes a long time when you're in test matches, to get to the level that you desire to be at. Um, and that's the same with, with any sportsman, I think. I, see, yeah. I think you see it in the rugby players a lot. So, yeah, we finally got there, but I was still probably, I still wasn't at the level I wanted to be at by World Cup selection and got selected as a reserve there. Tell us, of course, it's a physical challenge coming back from injuries like that, but a mental challenge as well. How difficult was that? Yeah, I think, um, I think it was really tough, but I would probably also say that today, probably one of the best things that ever happened to me um, and it's probably yeah now that I've been in the team for six six odd years it's um you see the now the new young guys coming through dealing with a bit of injury and you know two boys at the Commonwealth Games had to pull out and you start to see some trends that they start to do now that I can see they're going to be really really beneficial for them in the future um, but yeah during it it's really really tough um, you go to physio every day and you know it's not always easy but you kind of see an end goal and you see the boys doing well and you just want to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, in the end I also took up new, more papers at university and started to actually improve my grades and you know, started to um, yeah delve into a few new traits that I wanted to bring in when I do get fit.
There was also um, the challenge that you've obviously mentioned of losing your beautiful mother, who I'm sure was a massive inspiration to you um, when you were very young as well, Margaret. How do you deal with that um, as a person? How do you deal with something like that, you know? Yeah. Something you just never wish is going to happen. Yeah, I think, um, I think well, for me, that well, she was sick for eight to ten years. And yeah, throughout my whole secondary school, I always had that in the back of my mind. And I think um, I used hockey as an escape. Um, so that was really good. Um, but yeah, it, it is always tough. And, it, and a lot of the stuff is still really tough. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've never had, I've always probably came in the mindset like, I know I've probably had the best relationship that I could ever ask for. You know, I was lucky enough to have her for 21 years. So I'd rather have that than you know, something else for a longer time. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I've never been angry about it. I've never been, um, of course, you know, I wish she was still here today and I wish she saw, you know, me going to the Olympics. And, yeah, there's a lot of those things that you do miss. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, incredible um, mental battle that is. But um, for me, the most important thing was that I knew that it was going to be difficult and that I was just trying to be proactive that with help um, that I should do it early and not kind of just um, try and be too tough about it and just be like, there is help, why not give it a go? Yeah. See what happens. And, of course, it's not going to be easy and you're going to have to do a lot of, um, you're going to have to, yeah, just be proactive in your own life about it. Um, but also within all that, I think within one week of mum's funeral, um, I was back playing with the Black Six or back in the environment and um, that was that was really really special and yeah I think um, that was the best thing for me although I was not expecting um, either a great performance uh, I, I really appreciate what Hockey New Zealand did for me and and just giving me that opportunity um, probably the hardest thing has been in these moments since then is you know my mum never expected me to uh, um, you know perform well and or it was never harsh for me or anything like probably the loveliest person i ever met um, but it is you know seeing her face after a match um, you know, those things that you just don't even appreciate until it's gone. You're super strong and inspiring and other people that watch this that would have been through similar situations or may do in future will definitely be helped from hearing that. So thank you for sharing it, even though it, I'm sure it's extremely difficult. Um, if we talk about some of the happier times now, you mentioned the Olympics. So actually going to debut, uh, going to Tokyo, should I say, one qualifying um, yeah. Can you tell us about that whole journey leading up to the Olympic Games before you even arrive? Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, Korea. We played. Yeah, we ended up playing Korea for our qualification, and I think that was probably the best Black Sticks team we've been a part of. Um, I think we were so in sound with what we were trying to achieve, and we ended up in just doing it and doing it. Um, yeah, pretty convincingly in the end. Um, yeah, I think we were just so in tune with with all our plays. Um, yeah, I think um, yeah. From there, well, that was a good night, and then we um, we carried on, and you were getting ready for twenty twenty, the original twenty twenty yeah. Olympics. We started to get some wins, and you know we struggled in the past, and we started to get some wins, and then you know COVID comes into play and starts to mess it up a bit. Um, and I think that did have a big part um, in our program that you know maybe at the Olympics we could have finished a bit better if, if it was that year. But you know that that's just reality. These well, these things don't happen all the time, but there are setbacks that happen. And um, so, yeah, that build up to Tokyo was, yeah, extremely strange. Um, so many variables happening all the time, limited chances to be able to play. 
um, you know, I was really happy with where I was going. Um, and yeah, I was, yeah, 2020, I started to play really well. Um, starting to find my feet. Um, yeah, it takes a wee while. And then, yeah, 2021, um, yeah, I was actually really, I was pretty, I'm probably my, my harshest critic, but I was actually pretty happy with how I, you know, got to Tokyo. And then I think at Tokyo, it's the first time that you're not actually under selection. Um, and I just kind of just, yeah, I'm probably more on the serious side of when I go on tour, you know, make sure, you know, performance for, but it was, for me, it was really good to just relax and just, uh, just enjoy it. Like you trust your processes and yeah, ended up being, um, you know, I really enjoyed it um, for what it was. I mean, it's every kid's dream, right? That play sport is going to the Olympics in, in some sport, in some capacity. You make it there, uh, very strange build-up, very strange Olympic Games as well. So yes. that experience, not just on the turf, but actually off it, what was your first Olympic experience like, being in the village? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, well, it was just, yeah, it was just crazy. Like, I think the first thing was, like, when we would go to the hockey stadium and see like, all these massive stands, it was just quite sad that you would yeah. know that there won't be a crowd there, um, especially the Japanese, some of the nicest people we've ever met. Mm. Um, but, yeah, going into village, it was just, it was probably everything like, I thought it was going to be, or even better, it's just, you get there, you go, this is, like, why, this is why I've, you know, worked so hard for this. Um, and you only get it, get what, you only, yeah, you only get what you put into it, so... Yeah, I just enjoyed myself. But, yeah, it was just crazy. And you just see all these amazing athletes, um, you know, doing in their um, their own sports or disciplines. And it's just, yeah, it was just mind-blowing, especially when you've been locked up for a year as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I bet. If we fast-forward uh, a couple of years to the Birmingham Commonwealth Games, of course, you missed 2018 yep. um, through injury. So how special was it? It's like full circle, isn't it? How far you'd come in the space of four years to, to once again be at your first ever Commonwealth Games. Yeah, I think yeah, under completely different circumstances. Um, for the yeah, for Birmingham, I kind of make sure like now with having missed that Commonwealth Games and the World Cup and you know all that unsettling period, it's just yeah. it was nice just to although maybe my positions changed quite a bit and where I stand, but I was really happy just to yeah just to kind of enjoy the moment because I know one day that you know these are the moments going to miss. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, really happy and. Um, yeah, just uh, yeah, just excited to be there and get that opportunity that was um, that was taken away from me. And in terms of results on the turf, how difficult is it when expectations are always so high from a personal point of view, from a team point of view, when you don't achieve the results that you're wanting to? Yeah, extremely disappointing. Um, you know, and I think as athletes, we 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 take every loss really harshly. We yeah. take it really personally, and um, and that, that that's really tough. But then when you get those wins, you realise why you do it, or all those performances rather. Sorry, um, you realise why you do it, and um, yeah, Commonwealth Games was a difficult pill to swallow. But I also think we have to be real with ourselves that we weren't where we deserve. We we finished up where we probably deserve to be, and that's harsh to say. But I think um, for the long term of what this group can achieve, I think it's probably. Um, I think it's yeah. I think it's a really good reality check, and we know we can do better. Building blocks, yep. for things to come in the future. You're getting me really excited for the World Cup, and we <laughs> will talk about the World Cup soon. But uh, 2022 has been a big year for you. You got to captain the Black Sticks as well. So, what was that experience like? Who actually asked? Do they ask you, or do they just tell you you're going to captain this team? How does that just actually took work? Just took the armband and ran off did, with it. Is yeah. that it? Yeah. <laughs> and just don't give it back. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, 
yeah, I came back. I just came back for Belgium at the time, um, and I joined the group a bit late. And I just got told, just you know, the group's been training a little bit, um, so you will just come back in a just normal capacity, keep it chill. And then, um, oh, then the series got delayed a little bit, uh, a few weeks. And then, so I was in the group quite a bit, and yeah, able to get a good um, good vibe at training. And then um, I had a ball across at Jake Smith, who I think was going to be captaining, and he broke his hand or something. So Is that intentional. Yeah, 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 sure, <laughs> sure. I'm sure he still thinks that. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, yeah, on the day, Greg um, kind of just said, look, there's the opportunity if you want. Um, you know, I really think you just, you should be it. And then, um, yeah, we did a big jersey presentation for all the boys that were debuting. And then, yeah, I got my opportunity as well. Um, yeah, great experience. Uh, unfortunately, we got a bit pants by Aussie. Um, and then I had to give the captain's van van back. How different is it to just your normal role as a player when you take that that responsibility on? Do you feel anything different? Oh, I think I think if it, if, if it happened a couple of years ago, I'd probably be a bit of a burden on me then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the opportunity was just well, you know, like there was a reason why I was given it for the day. Um, you know, it's a great honour and everything, but you know, nothing's going to change here. Maybe I might have to talk a little bit more before game, after game. But hockey's so fast that you don't get those timeouts to do. You know what you might be able to do on a footy field. Top scorer this season for the Black Sticks. Um, what is behind this amazing form? Like, do you feel like you're in the best shape of your career, the best form of your career? Has it felt like it's been a really good year for you? Uh, yeah, it has been. It has been a good year. I think for me, it's just realizing what I'm good at. And I think um, yeah, it's taken some time to realize. Um, but yeah, uh, just a little bit more experience on recognizing my strengths um, and realizing my work ons. Um, and yeah, I think just taking responsibility for my performance a little bit more. Um, so yeah, last year I recognized that my flick wasn't where I wanted it to be, or I wanted to be better than what I was. And before Greg was announced head coach, I organized some sessions with him, which were really beneficial. Um, but yeah, look, I've, I feel good, I feel fit, I feel I felt strong. Uh, I was disappointed to have to pull out the com games early um, through injury, but um, yeah, look, even in my club in Holland, I feel like I'm doing well, doing my role well. But um, yeah, I guess you know my strength is probably in the circle um, on the ball. Um, so yeah, that's just my strength, and it's just lucky that within all that comes the good stats from it. Um, but yeah, I think reality is that. You know, my yeah, my strength just comes from shooting and doing whatever. But there's a bit of a pass play that the other boys have to do before it gets to me. So, the I think the style that we play is really attacking and it really suits you know um, us up front. So if that's my trait, then that's um, yeah, a huge positive. I imagine it must be a bit of a thrill when you find the back of the net. Uh, do you have a favourite goal or a favourite career moment that you're like that one stands out for me? Oh, favourite career moment. Or yeah, I think yeah, every time you score. Is always yeah unbelievable. Yeah. Um, a favourite one, I guess one would be against Aussie. Um, always, probably actually maybe one of mine would have been um, we played Argentina in Christchurch. I got one in early, but it was like uh, they had the Masters tournament on that day, and so I think there was a few boozed up people. But yeah, it was a great crowd. We got on top of early, and we um, spurred on a win with a really inexperienced team, or even and, and scoring um, Tokyo as well. So, yeah, probably those three. Brilliant. Um, talking about crowds, I want to hear about your international experience. Um, so you've been playing overseas in Belgium, and I do not want to uh, stuff up the team name so you can tell us exactly who you've been playing for. Um, so last season, yeah, I was in Belgium last season, so I was KHC Leuven, and now I'm with um, 
I'm in Holland at um, HC Orangi Road. You're doing better than me because when I read those names, I was like, nah, I'm leaving it to Sam. Um, oh, yeah, no, I, I'm no good at it as well. How do you pick <laughs> up those international honky contracts? So when did they first come to you and say, we want you to come over and play? Oh, mine's quite a difficult story, but I, I was originally going to Germany and then it didn't work out for multiple reasons. Um, and then, yeah, went to Belgium, but it's more mainly through the guys, through the contacts. And then, um, yeah, I had a really good season in Belgium, um, had good contacts there. And then um, from there, oh, there's yeah multiple reasons why I left, but I wanted to go to Holland. It's the best league in the world. And um, you know, their coach is, is from Belgium. And so he kind of saw what I was doing and I got in contact as well. And um, yeah, the rest is kind of history. Yeah. Tell us about what the league is like playing over there. You said you're playing with the best players in the world. Uh, is it mostly local players? Does every team have a couple of uh, imports or foreigners that come in? And and what's the whole experience like? Like I've seen pictures and it looks wild. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable really. Um, when you grow up, you never think that you your hockey's gonna be, that hockey's gonna be your career. Yeah. So it's always been fun, and that's why within the Black Sticks, you know, we're all here because we want to be here. There's no, there's definitely no monetary benefits from it. But so when we go over there, it's um, and play in the club season. It's uh, yeah, it's a really interesting experience. My team is very young, um, but the reason for me why it's so special, I watched this team. That was the only way I could watch club hockey in Europe, which is what you want to play. Uh, at a professional level, but this team used to do really, really well. Um, and so when kind of that opportunity came to my door, it was just, yeah, and, and 100%. Um, but, yeah, the experience is, is more professional. Um, so we're training during the day, twice a day, um, yeah, like I think like five sessions. Um, my team, uh, very skillful, um, super young but very, very skillful, um, but yeah, the Holland League is the best league in the world for for a variety of reasons, but every week you're playing someone different and you have to adjust to it. Uh, and so that week's prep is really cool to witness um, rather than tournament-based. Uh, but, yeah, living in Europe is is pretty unreal and you kind of you kind of feel like you're doing nothing at times because you see what's happening at home. So there's always grass is always greener, but, you know, like we're in our 20s, it'll be rude to not experience it and... Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I live with Sean Finlay, and so he's twenty years old. So got to make sure he's um, <laughs> he's keeping occupied as well. So you're getting to play hockey professionally. You're travelling. You're getting to go to like bucket list sporting events. Uh, you yeah. saw Rafa and Roger at Wimbledon. You've been to an Atletico Madrid game. What's the best sporting experience or European experience you've had while you've been over there? It seems like a dream, right? It, yeah, it does. It does. And yeah, you kind of forget sometimes. But uh, yeah, Rafa, Roger, that was. That was the last time I ever played. Um, and, yeah, massive tennis fan when I was growing up. And, um, yeah, like that's ultimate, I'd say. Um, yeah. But Atletico Madrid, that was a really, really cool experience. I went to Real, <laughs> went to Real Madrid the night before. And they played um, Chelsea and then, yeah, Man City and then Atletico. And that was it was just unbelievable because there's more, more local fans. And so I think I stood up for, like, an attacking play like just out of just emotion and then someone behind me just hits me and just like sit down you're not being to stand up and yeah it was just it was really really cool um yeah I, yeah it's it's pretty unbelievable the access you have to such events over there but these are the amazing opportunities that come with hockey Absolutely. of course um your experience playing in belgium playing in the netherlands how does that help when you come back into this black sticks environment 
if we're looking ahead to the FIH World Cup in India in January, it must help you playing with all these players that you're going to be coming up against. Yeah, like we've got two Belgian boys in my team and then yeah. we've got um, yeah four boys who were in the Dutch squad and two of them were going to the World Cup. Um, so it's really good to you know you play in their systems, yeah. understand why they do things. Um, they play such a high position game um, and just their skill level and understanding you know how they eliminate or doing whatever and you try and implement or you try and understand where you got to run off those balls. So you know it, it definitely helps. Um, we've got the keeper of the Dutch team, Perman Blark, who's a yeah amazing keeper. Um, so I train with him all the time. So uh, do you get many past him? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> No, he makes me feel like very, yeah, very average. So it'll be good to good. We play the Dutch in our pool play. Yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to that clash. Uh, good to get one against him. Um, yeah, I think I think yeah, I think we've got a good pool. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, for me, this has been um, an event that I've been targeting for a while um, to kind of prove to myself that you know I can do it and um, and take a bit of confidence from it. Personal goals and team goals ahead of the tournament. Uh, I'd be disappointed if we didn't make quarterfinals. Uh, I think um, I think semi-finals is would be um, ultimate, you know, minimum. But you know, like we've got to be realistic where we stand. Um, our personal goals. Look, I'd love to you know get a get a few goals early. Um, you know, but also just in the big matches um, and step up and step up at important times. Uh, I don't have any like um, specific numbers or anything like that. I don't really delve on that too much these days. But um, yeah, I just I know if I've played well, if I've not played well, and um, yeah, look, I just want to have fun and just enjoy being out with the team again. I just wanted to ask you um, about someone that you've been working with, and you'll be able to tell us more about it. But Nigel Beach, he works yeah. with a number of athletes Absolutely, around yeah. New Zealand. What yeah. has he done for you? Um, for me, oh, look, I reached out a long time ago, and uh, I guess the best thing that's come from working with Nigel has been my the trust I have in my body. Um, so, yeah, like I've always been nervous about. Uh, you know, ACLs or doing something strange that, you know, as you see as a freak injury, but when you realise training your systems have been, um, you know, that, that you can actually prevent these sorts of things. Um, yeah, it's been hugely influential when I've, you know, delved a lot into my breath work and understanding and, you know, trying to always get myself in a state that has um, is ready for performance mode. And we play a lot of double headers and, yeah, yeah and I feel niggles in my body and I know what I can do to release that pain or release that tightness so um, you know a lot of my stuff that I do or I've taken from Nigel hasn't actually been for performance like yeah I have just talked about that but for me is I just want to be able to walk properly after my hockey career so you know these pains that we do and the positions we're in as a hockey player is all the time you know it's not natural so yeah you know, it's just like trying to avoid that. So, you know, I'm not de- in, you only get one body, and so I'm always willing to invest into my body. So, you know, Nigel was um, absolute legend, and he's, um, you know, he's always willing to help, and we have good conversations. He's just such a good guy that, yeah, I'll just um, always keep him on in my contacts list. Nice. <laughs> um, speaking about your body, uh, obviously, everyone's incredible at fitness and hockey. You have to be right because you just never stop running. Um, but you're known to have a massive engine. 
Uh, so tell us, what does that mean, first and foremost? <laughs> That's a good question. What does having a massive engine mean? Um, I think uh, I always try to make sure my, um, well, like, I think if you look back four years ago, I was like, you know, I was a bit, bit scrawnier than what I should have been for my height. But I think uh, with us, we do a 16 length test. I think it would be the equivalent of what the guys, rugby guys would do for a Bronco. Yeah. So that's their like benchmark test, and so I've always, I guess, I've always done pretty well at that. Um, so I guess that's is that fair. based on time. Yeah, yeah. So you're 16 lengths of the hockey field. What's your time? Your best time? My best time was probably I think 4:44. And how does that compare to others in the team? Um, you kind of want to be under five minutes would be the probably benchmark average. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you smashed it. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> I try smashing to. it. I try to. All the guys always, you know, they always ask me about all these tips and they're always dealing with, you know, the mental mental demons of it, but you just relax, I think. Well, give us some tips then for hockey players that are sitting there watching this. What are some tips that you could give to, to players that want to get to where you are? Um, oh, I guess the first thing is just enjoying it for what it is. Um, none of us would be here if we didn't. Yeah. Um, there's multiple ways that athletes take to getting into these positions and there, there's every day I think there's more opportunities in the sport um, so I think yeah if we yeah if we more play around the interest side of why we do it I think um, you know and realizing you know what your strengths are what's your point of difference and um, within all that you know not being um, I guess in the high performance part is being yeah above the status quo so what what are you going to do to make sure that you can um, be above that? Yeah, I could keep talking to you forever, but we <laughs> don't have time. Um, but I just finally wanted to ask you, I just wanted to get a little deep, um, but what has hockey given you? What has hockey given Sam Lane? Um, I think, I think uh, probably for me it's just given, you know, that dream of being on the circuit. I think, I think there's a lot of times with athletes where there's a, you know, you see them on TV all the time um, and you just see, you know, 60 minutes worth. But it's realising, you know, what all my processes have done, what it gets me to and what you can reflect back on. Um, you know, we do a lot of prep for 60 minutes. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing what you can pull out and people only see the highlights or the lowlights of it. So for me, I guess taking forward, you know, hockey's given me that opportunity to dream and yeah to live it out and to achieve what I've really always wanted to do well it's pretty special what you've done already and there's so much more store to come as well good luck for the world cup and thank you for coming in and talking to us perfect no thank you very much for having me what an amazing story thank you so much for listening to Sam Lane's story on the journey begins here that is all thanks to Vantage Windows and Doors there's plenty more where that came from right here on SENZ